When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan. And together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. He is sidekick psychic Josh. Hi, Josh. You're in a new room this week. This is my office in my house now. Yeah, I've been ah. waiting for it to be uh, built. So you've seen the inside of cupboards, mm. uh, all sorts of nooks and crannies in my house. And finally, this is where I think I'll be for the foreseeable of these joyous, celebratory podcasts that we do every week ah. now, Boyd. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, I mean... We'll try and celebrate something. We can celebrate the fact that as we speak right now at 7.05pm on Monday night, Leicester are losing 2-0 to Fulham, which I consider to be a hilarious little bonus that's slightly taken the edge off our tragic defeat to Wolverhampton Wanderers yesterday. We are also joined by our uh, fairly frequent guest, uh, Trevor Harris. Hi, Trevor. And- Hi, good evening, both. An Arsenal aficionado who, before we went on air, so to speak, showed us a piece of Arsenal memorabilia. What? What? what just to say what it was again, Trevor. It's it is a uh, a piece of official Arsenal headed paper signed by every player from the nineteen seventy one double winning team. Wow, that is incredible, including of course George Graham, who today is his birthday today. So that's another reason to be happy. Happy birthday, George, from from us, my favourite Arsenal manager. Yeah. Yes, Josh. You're on mute. We can't hear a word, Josh. You're on mute. Right. I I should be after seven months of Zooms and Skype's not making such elementary. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see in all this, uh, you know, Maradona, um, 
you know, uh, reflection that's been going on in the, in the recent days. There was a story about him very nearly um, coming to Arsenal yes, at one I point. Did. I didn't know anything about this story. Did you know Trevor and Boyd? Did you know about this? I'd had rumours no. of it. Yeah, I'd rumours of it, but never just those were just rumours. Yeah, but I think I think he's been similarly linked to with various teams, isn't he? But yeah, I, definitely it didn't surprise me. Well, there are quite a few dealers in North London, so it, I suppose <laughs> it has some kind of legs. Steady, steady on. <laughs> um, now, uh, for, first of all, let me say, Josh, just, just to the listeners, so we're using Zoom, obviously. No, we're not we're using Skype. We're using Skype. We can all see each other um, in our various things. And I have to say, Josh is looking resplendent with a kind of full beard, uh, moustache set up and, and kind of very messy hair. Trevor, I don't know if you agree with me. He's starting to resemble quite closely Mo Salah of Liverpool FC fame. Look at him. There's, you know a, I mean? there's a bit of a resemblance, yeah. either that or some kind of psychedelic rock star from the 70s. A bit of both. But I yeah. think you could go from, you, you could do a sideline. I know you've got a very successful um, kind of football thing company, but you could have a sideline as a Mo Salah lookalike. If that, and I bet they're in demand, Josh, just saying. No, just uh, I'm open to all opportunities, anything really, apart from, you know, talking about our club. So the longer we can talk about nonsense like this, the better, boys. So yeah. have you got the anything other, else? Have you got any side yeah, jobs? I've got, I've got loads of stuff. I've got loads of stuff. The other thing to say is at the same time, in a, in a badly timed um, arrangement, yesterday, the Hay Literary Festival, I don't know if you know this, um, either of you, the Hay Literary Festival, which is, you know, kind of the, one of the biggest literary festivals on, on the calendar every year. But obviously it's virtual this year, as all, as all things are. But they had a, a, a session, a one-on-one interview session between Arsene Wenger and Elton John. The two of them. <laughs> yes, this happened yesterday, 8.30, in the middle of the fucking match. Obviously, when they scheduled it months ago, they weren't to know that our game was rescheduled for what has become the nightmare time, isn't it? 7.15 on Sunday is like the nightmare Arsenal kickoff time now. Um, but yeah, this event happened. And um, I'm, I am going to try and watch it um, later because I think it is available. I think you have to pay for it because you have to pay. But, but you can watch it later. But apparently it sounded quite excellent because they, they're kind of friends, Elton John and Arsene Wenger. Yes, Josh. Well, I was going to say, you're talking about nightmare times. I think I mentioned to you last night. Not, I didn't watch the game live. I had my first Zoom antenatal class with my wife, and I thought it would be pretty poor form not to uh, not to show at that. So we had that at 7.30, which meant I tried to watch the first 15 minutes, which meant I watched Ralph Emilez and David Luiz on the ground, and then was a little bit unsure what was happening with, with all that and if the game was going to be going ahead and, and everything. Um, so the only thing worse, I think, than watching a game like yesterday is when you watch it back as live, two hours later that's definitely worse like when you when it's got you just start fast forwarding and hoping the ball's going to get and it it wasn't happening it was it was fairly depressing that i was just trying to think of an elton john song like i mean <laughs> michelle is leaving tonight on a train or something mm. um that's one thing good. i was one thing i was going to mention to you boyd and i i i have mixed feelings about fulham winning at Leicester because Fulham are going to then have 10 points. They're only be three <laughs> points behind us. Are they going to we, could be, we could be in a relegation Lucky. fight here. We, maybe we yeah. want Leicester to win. Yeah. Do you know what? I, yeah, absolutely. I was like, I, I was consoling myself with the idea that there's a, at least a good handful of teams that are way worse than us. But now that Fulham can do what we certainly can, didn't, didn't come near doing, which is being Leicester. Um, that is that it was weird season. This is so we have to address the um, the uh, the Aubameyang in the room. 
um, that is yesterday's game. Where to begin? Josh, where do you want to begin? You'll put your hand up. Are you going to say something important? No, just, just before. Obviously, we have to get into you the game. You want to go to the toilet, Josh? Are you asking permission? <laughs> or what we... No, this is just how, how on this method I get Boyd's attention. Boyd, are you, just, just want to know, are you going Thursday? Because we have to address that. Tickets came out. You're not. Yeah. Did you have tried? Did you? To be honest, I didn't try. Partly because I've got because of my broken arm. Um, yeah. I don't know why that stopped me, but I, when it was announced, I was like, mm, should I, shouldn't I? Because I, I would have to go by public transport. And I was like, you know, uh, we stuck in the, in a tube with the 1,000, half the Arsenal fans going at the same time to this game. I don't know. I just felt because of that, I stopped. But now that, and also now, now I'm even more, I'm kind of quite glad I didn't bother because not only is it a dead rubber, but it's, I don't know. I, I think it, it'll be really interesting to go, wouldn't it? For those, are you going? So uh, a friend of mine tried to get tickets for us um, and could only get one in his basket and decided of all the surreal things to go to, going on your own might not be the one for this. So has yeah. uh, decided not to take the one. So, yeah, we're we're not going. But I would have gone. I would just maybe for the novelty or, yeah. you know, it's been, what, eight, nine months. Would have been yeah, nice I would have gone without my anyway. broken arm for sure. Yeah, I don't know why it's telling me that. Trevor, would you be interested in going to that? <laughs> Do you know what? No, and I think that I think that Arteta should pick the youth team. Seriously, what is the point when we're oh, yeah, playing so badly in in the competitions that really matter in risking anyone who's even vaguely close to the first team getting an injury when we're already through? I, I don't see the point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he may well do that, mightn't he? Mightn't he? I mean, unless he kind of he might think. You know, a win, a decent win. Mind you, this didn't happen this week, did it? A decent win in the Europa League didn't lead to any particular improvement in performance on Sunday. But yeah, I agree. It, let, let, let's talk about this this fucking game then, as, as, it's, as it shall be known. This fucking game. I think of all the many, many worrying things about it, right? About about the current situation, and I'm trying not to get hysterical. Like I think there are, you know, there's already people saying. Arteta should go and there's people saying he was never any good and people slightly rewriting history and I, I think he did start off well I thought he there was an immediate improvement I felt and I, we, I watched saw it with my own eyes over the Emery period and they felt I felt like he'd installed a, 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 a solidity and a structure and I think the players knew what they were supposed to be doing which I don't think they did under Emery and um and I, and I thought that was all to the good and I felt like he was a great communicator then, and remember, he started off, and he started off with like you know a kind of four-three-three um, formation, didn't he? Really. Then later on in last season, in the cup runs, and it's the big teams, he did this three at the back system, and that really worked really well for us. I think there, the players really got to grips with that system, particularly we started with that system this year again, and I felt like they knew where they were. But then, quite quickly, it became clear that it was really hampering our attack, and and it became. Quite everyone started observing that we weren't creating enough chances, and the Aubameyang situation not scoring. Like Azet's had a terrible season, and I think because of all that, he's now changed it to four three three again. But I don't. Th I think all along he planned on changing it to four three three with Thomas Partey at the centre of that. I don't think he's got the players. I don't think Xhaka and Ceballos right now are capable of playing in that system to any level of decency. They look like the worst midfield in the league to me. I mean, and, and very, so to me, that, that starting point is in a way that, that 
I'm not, you know, if he'd actually reverted to three at the back against Wolves, people would have complained, wouldn't they? They would have gone, oh, against Wolves, you shouldn't be playing. But I actually think that system, at least the players know what they're doing. I, it doesn't feel like the players have any confidence in playing normal football in any sense in this system with these players. Trevor? I don't think any of the players have got any confidence at the moment. And do you know the saddest thing <laughs> was that at one, well, at more than one point in that match, I was almost thinking come back, Meza, all is forgiven. Such was the total lack of creativity in midfield from any of our players, any of them. And I think with Arteta, beyond what formation he plays, you have to also start to question now the buying policy. Because, I mean, look at the teams that have, we've lost three home games in a row. Aston Villa, we're we're the Midlands cannon fodder, aren't we? Aston Villa, Leicester, and Wolves. Well, we could have made a we could have made a cheeky bid for Jack Grealish. We could definitely have got Ross Barkley. We need. I'm not saying that Barkley's a world beater, but he's better than what we've got in a creative sense. No question. Partey would have helped had he played on Sunday, but you know. And even when we won at United, which was a good, solid performance against, and I think they're one of the most overrated teams. They're a very average side, Manchester United, very average. Oh, yeah. We deserve to win that game. But even in that match, as yesterday, as against Leicester, as against Villa, we created bugger all. The goal we scored yesterday was a a centre-half's header. Okay, great header. Good cross, great header. But in terms of a flowing, creative, you know, we, we we were light years off it. And that's what really depresses me because I can't see how you improve it. One of my problems, boy, you look at the team who played yesterday. Willock uh, hasn't convinced me yet. Saka, he's an England international now. But to me, these are players that should be part of a squad, not players that are playing most weeks and expecting to perform for a side that's trying to challenge for things because they're not good enough to do that. Sure, but but really, when you look at it, it's now it's our experienced players that are more worrying to me. It's the experienced players who are performing, like you know, William. Aaron. I mean, don't get me started on William. And I think, well, I, I uh, just to say, I think his signing, his signing, and I've been going on about this, banging on about this every week. So apologies for yeah. for, for for repeating myself, but it has to be said. Just what does that signing mean? What does it? You know, what kind of planning does that indicate? What? You know, and he was again absolutely terrible yesterday. One or two moments where, you know, decent moments, but that was it. Absolutely pointless player to sign and to play. I'd much rather he played one of those younger players and, you know, he'd just give them a go than him. As you say, or Urza. I'd much rather see Urza than William. I was excited when we we signed William. When I heard we signed for nothing, yes. Because, well, because I watched what he did for Chelsea last season. I thought, bloody hell. Free okay, we're paying him big wages, but but it was a free transfer. Good signing. And it's been evident to me from he actually played quite well against Fulham in the first game. Since yeah. then since then, they talk about players towards the end of the season when you've got nothing to play for being on the beach. He's been on the beach since bloody August. Yeah, <laughs> Even now, yeah. when it's freezing in December, he's still on the beach. Yeah. What the hell's so what going must, on? So what must the likes of Zachary and Willock, as you mentioned, think when they see him? Being doing that, and then we have to talk about Aubameyang. I think I don't. I think like he he's he he looks unhappy 
visibly. And obviously, because he's not scoring, he, he he's incredibly happy whenever he's scoring. He's an incredible, like, sm- he's the most smiley footballer I can think of that was ever played for Arsenal normally. But we've managed to destroy him, I think. We're killing him. We're killing Aubameyang by not even... Get in whatever formation, central, wide. I actually think he he looks better wide. I'm now going back to. I'm now completely doing a reverse ferret. I'm now like I actually. Do you know what? I think we're probably better off with Lacazette in the middle, him out wide, and maybe Zaka or whoever. Not William Pepe when he's back. That I think is yeah. the most. It, as as poor as that has been in the in the recent times, it's better no. than the dross of yesterday, <clears throat> Josh. Well, what you have to say about Aubameyang is that he, he's not become a terrible player overnight. He didn't sign that contract and some horrible dust fell on him. And here we go from being a world-class striker to a, you know, a bang average striker. There's still a player there. He is getting such little service from what is going on around him that I think we're seeing just for the first time a bit of uh, frustration manifesting on the pitch in a way that we are not used to. You talk about him playing on the side of a front three. I think ideally that wouldn't be the case, but because of how poor we are, I think it, it, it might be what we now revert to. And he might just go back with Lacazette up top. And just because we're going to see more of a Bamiyang rather than at the moment, this, this, this period where it's just, it's not worked with him up top, uh, up top alone, sadly, but then Lacazette is not exactly banging form so you it's not like a brilliant option oh, you know, no either way options, but there are better options than uh, i i tell you my, my thing with uh, why i'm worried now about alteta and i am st- i warn you now i'm starting to 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 have doubts are you turning are you i'm turning, turning. i'm turning yeah <laughs> i mean i'm incre- famously fickle but i am turning you've got to just look at the situation haven't you i think my a couple of worries for me are one the biggest one is that i think he has changed it because of pressure from the media and from fans, like the, the putting a Bamiyang central thing and the playing four, three, three and all of that. I, 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 and I think, and he's going to have to revert to the old way of playing the previous way of playing against Spurs. There's no way he can play like this against Spurs, is there? So he'll definitely revert to the three at the back. I'm, I guarantee. And I'm sure he'll pick Lacazette is my feeling. And, and I think Gary Neville made, makes this point quite often about, and he talks about it when he had that terrible stint man, managing himself that, the biggest mistake he made was that he wouldn't stick with a way of playing through thick and thin. And if it didn't work for like two weeks in a row, he'd go, oh, I've got to change it. I've got to change it. But actually it was sticking with this re- the system that I thought was working for Arteta from the end of last season, the, our post-lockdown through the beginning of this season. That was when it was we were solid. I, I actually said, and I now feel like an idiot for saying it, after the Man United game, I was saying, you know, we're the most solid, reliable team in the league because we had the best defense at that point we could carve out a 1-0 victory at Man- Man United it wasn't pretty but I don't give a shit I, I would be happy no. if we're going to win games or if we're going to not lose games and win score one or one goal most of the time that's fine by me at the moment but it's better than what happened yesterday and in these last three these three home defeats in a row and I think they are the result of him not sticking by his own the, uh, the, the, what he'd established as a very solid way of playing. Now, you compare how we played yesterday, so one more thing, against Man United. We're not even pressing at all. There's no press whatsoever. That, how, where's the, where, how did that change? When did that change? Well, and, and we're going backwards. A... And the other thing is, quickly, to say why I'm worried about Teta, it's weird to start going backwards at this point, isn't it? And what, I, I, what, are the, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean about his relationship with the players that we're, we're not 
we're, we're not we're, we're going backwards so quickly. That's what's worrying me about it. Yes, Trevor. Well, what I was going to say, like <laughs> I made a Maradona joke, but I mean it's apropos in, because obviously Maradona, uh, pe- people say he's the greatest of all time. Not for me, but I think it depends what era you you kind of what year you were born. He's in the top five players of all time. We could have had yesterday Maradona or Pele or Cruyff or whoever you want to be Savio, whoever you want to name uh, Messi, we would have lost that game because I'm kind of with Josh. Aubameyang, a striker without service is, is, is impotent. He has, he should have scored with the header. He should have scored with, but that's not his, he's not the greatest, a bit like Henri, not the greatest header of a ball. So that's my first point. My second point is... He was getting more service, wasn't he, in in the previous formation with Lacazette playing central. He was getting more service than he was yesterday. This was the lowest of the low yesterday. I I would have played Lacazette. Well, you look at our bench. I mean, there wasn't much to add, was there, in a creative sense. Here's my question to both of you, though. Because we talk about Arteta and, you know, already there's press rumblings about his how secure is he. We played Spurs at the weekend. We're probably going to lose that game. Then we play Burnley at home. Now, if we lose to Spurs away, as we're expected to do, if we were to lose at home to Burnley, a team with, what, they got five points, one win all season, useless, would, if we lose to Burnley, I think the board would, they would be seriously contemplating saying, sorry, Mikel, we can't, we've lost four home games in a row. Yeah, I agree. In, I agree. And none of the matches we've lost have been to, title challenging teams i think the problem is yeah i think you're right i think it could be i think we're on the verge of a of a, of a down of a, a truly terrible spiral it could go either way and i think you're right if that scenario happens i think i think the board or whatever you want to call it whoever is in charge it's going to get difficult because that would be so awful and so embarrassing and i think the other thing about it is is that they made the mistake really with unai emery of of him clinging on too long. I mean, he, they really should have got rid of him, you know, months before mm. they did, didn't they? And that, and that, I felt that we really damaged We always do that though, don't we? Well, we right. But I think I'm now in the, in the, in the camp. And I think Til, Tim Stillman said this on Twitter today. He said that, you know, there's no point in delaying these things. If things get serious, and if the results go terribly, there's no point in thinking Arsenal are above the fray and are above changing managers a lot, because the reality is you're probably better off doing it quickly and then bringing in, here's a question for Josh. Here's my sub question. Cause I agree with your question. My sub question is if you could guarantee, um, that we were not going to finish between like eighth and 12th, which I think we're looking like we are at the moment with our Tetris manager by getting Maurizio Pochettino, who is available right now. Would you do it? Josh. Wow. I mean, I do really respect Pochettino as a, as a great manager and achieved, you know, incredible really to take Spurs to a Champions League final. That is, that is incredibly, um, Impressive, didn't win anything. Right now, I think, to answer your question, I'm more scared about getting rid of Arteta right now because I think we've got a load of players that are not performing. And if suddenly we have to get rid of the manager that we only a few months ago thought had got this lot into some kind of order, then things are going to get worse, definitely, before, before they get better. I still think that this is going to go either way. If this goes on till another five, six games and we can't get a win and we lose to Burnley, as Trevor said, then 
Yeah, I, I don't know how, how, how it doesn't become a, a questionable situation. And can you just imagine if there were fans in the Emirates yesterday? It, uh, you know, oh, no, it, it's it going to make been, it worse. It, yeah. it would have been terrible. And if this was under Emery, you know, if we'd have somehow stumbled into another season of Emery, there would be no question from Arsenal fans calling um, for a change. I still think, though, right now, we've got to back him. We are too far invested. And you talk about surreal situations at our club. Trevor brings up Meza Ozil, who's not in the Premier League squad. We talk about Aubameyang, who's become our, you know, 300 grand a week striker who can't play. We've left out situations like, you know, Saliba, who was bought for 30 million, is not good enough to be in a Premier League squad, uh, you know, 25-man squad either. We've given Cedric a four-year contract, and he occasionally makes the bench, and he seems to make a bench. And who's he making the bench instead of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who wouldn't let leave the club for 25 million quid? There's just so many. I don't know where you stop with, like, weird situations that Arsenal have got themselves into. But right now, I, I'm still going to back Arteta. I'm not turning like you, Boyd. I'm not turning. I'm st- I'm backing him right now. It's more what I'm trying to say. I think is that I mean I st- I'm starting to see why our frequent guest Alan Alger, the the you know the world's leading the world's leading shall we say uh, you know doubter of 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 people who think who back who back Arteta no matter what. I mean, he's the doubt to be back in the match in the manager, no matter what, in just every scenario. And I think I think the the reason it feels like right now he's he's absolutely got a point is that everything that Arteta did well to start with feels like it's seeping away. And that's the worry for me. It's like we're not just lo- – losing games is fine. Not fine. Losing games is acceptable if you play decently and, you know, there's a structure to it and you can see. But w- the thing that he did so well, he, he, he initiated a, 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 um, a style, didn't he? We felt like we did have a defining style of play, and that's completely gone. In, in a matter of like three or three or four games. And that is, that's what's, and I think you have to, if that carries on, then clearly what every, what we all thought about Teta was that he, I thought anyway, that he was brilliantly clever, smart. He, you know, clearly studied under Pep and he was a great communicator. Clearly the, there are flaws that may override those things. And I, I think he's like, Alan made the point on Twitter, a very interesting point, that he keeps on the sideline relentlessly telling the players what to do every single minute of the game. Emery did it a bit, a bit, but not as much as this. And it it is true, isn't it, Trevor? Don't you think it's weird? It is weird. You don't see Pep or uh, Mourinho, you don't see any other major manager directing the play second by second to, to this extent. I mean, you could. Well, I always have the sound off with our games, you know, the, the, the piped in, because it's so fascinating to hear Arteta telling Joe Willock, literally, Joe, run now. It's like, if, if he's, I, I think that's a bad sign to me, because surely the players should roughly know what they're doing, have a job to do, and be allowed the freedom and the, and the confidence to kind of play themselves into the game and, and, and improvise if need be. But he's totally telling them what to do. Isn't that weird? But, well, yes, I agree. But Pep's been at Barcelona, at Bayern Munich, and now Manchester City. At Manchester City, he had David Silva for however many know, years. He's got De Bruyne. He's got, like, it's it's chalk and cheese in terms of the riches that he had at all of those clubs compared to what Arteta now has at Arsenal. You can't make, you can't make, what is it, Silkav or Salzir or whatever, whatever the oh, of course. phrase um, Yeah, of course. It's more, my point is more that... 
imagine you're an Arsenal player right now and you're like, be, imagine you're, you, you know, you're Willock, right? And you're constantly being told by your manager on the sidelines where to go, what to do, minute by minute. Aren't you like kind of being distracted from your own game and your own, you know, I, I just don't, it feels <coughs> counterproductive to me to every now and then. Sure. You know, but it, it's relentless. Josh, am, am I, do, does this strike you as being weird or are you happy with this? The, the way he is? Am I, am I, you know, is it a weird thing to pick up on? I don't think he's the only one that does it. I just think maybe it's even more heightened at the moment because I don't know if you watch with the sound effects or you don't watch yeah, with the I, sound effects. No, with no sound effects. Yeah. Just so I can so, hear what he's saying. Yeah. 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 And it's free. And I say, but I tell you what, Pep, Klopp, I don't, I don't think it's that different to, to be honest. I don't think it is. They stand um, there gesticulating, right? Honestly, is I was actually looking out for it because I'd noticed it already. And if you watch Klopp, particularly Mourinho, Mourinho sits there scribbling in his pad, like look pretty, pretty, very um, static, but barely gets involved at all, apart from when something annoys him, and then he gets up and swears at someone. Pep's like every now, and, Pep's very Pep, a lot. They all walk around a lot and stand there a lot, yelling a lot. But Arteta is the one who is literally telling them what to do. That is different. That is different minute by minute. That is that is something different, I think. But do, didn't we used to complain that Emery did a lot yeah, of that? no, I said that. Emery did, did, Emery did it quite a lot, but Arteta's taken it even further. Maybe it's a reflection. It may well be a reflection, as Trevor alluded to, that we've got a lot of players who don't know what the fuck they're doing unless they're talking. Well, I don't, I don't think Willock is a player with any confidence whatsoever. He looks quite good when we play a team who's like 16th in the Slovenian league and the uh, Europa league. But when the, in the business matches in the premier league, which let's face it is the, it's the best league of the world by a distance. I've covered some matches in Germany outside of Bayern Munich and Dortmund. Uh, you know, it's a lot of, there's a lot of garbage going on there. You don't get that in the premier league. You can't turn up and play at home against Wolves or Leicester or Villa or whoever if you're not on it, you'll lose. And that's what's happened. And I don't see that. This is the, 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 the sad thing about it. I don't see the quick fix here. We probably lose to Spurs. If we lose to Burnley, I mean, imagine if we lose at home to Burnley. Imagine the pressure that's going to be on Arteta from the press, from Arsenal fans. It's it, we're going to be we're going to be in an absolute mire. I see no easy way out of it. Before we carry on, let's take a quick break. And I've got another, I've got the big question to ask after we come back from this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. I, I want to ask, you're right. I think, I mean, yeah, it, there is no easy way out of it. My, the big question for me is how have we got into this mess? What has changed, Trevor, do you think? 
between the Man United and you're right. Every you know, Roy Keane made this point. Everyone like got overexcited about us. Beat, we got overexcited about beat Man United away because it's such a rarity that we beat a top big six club away. It never happened, and it happened. But I, 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 I think that performance, the performance, would have showed our heart and focus and concentration and everything we need of a team that that day in that performance against Man United, which are who I agree are mediocre, right? But they did come back from yeah. the final down yesterday. Anyway, for me, our performance that day was everything we wanted, pretty much. Could have been slightly more, created more chances, but, you know, whatever. He set them out and we, we won. What has happened between that game and now to change things so dramatically where we're now playing absolutely what, the worst football, worst probably worse than under Unai Emery, um, uh, not creating enough chances, allowing Wolves to come at us full throttle relentlessly throughout the game. I mean, the first half might be more than the second half. What's happened, Trevor? What's the reason for it? Well, I think one thing to bear in mind is the Man United game was an away game where the emphasis was not on us to attack, was not on us to to do anything, we soaked up vague amounts of pressure from United. Then we thought, hey, you know, there ain't a lot here. I think there, we've mentioned they're an average side. Rashford's distracted for whatever. And 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 we, we, we deservedly won the game. The three home games that we've lost, you have a responsibility as a home team, not just a home team, but as a team that is supposed to be superior to the three teams that we've lost to, you, you've got to kind of make the play. You've got to try and go forward. We can do that. And suddenly, Leicester, Villa, Wolves thought, hang on, there ain't, there ain't a lot to beat here. I mean, to be honest, in the Villa game, they had a goal. They scored after about, what was it, 45 seconds. It was disallowed of VAR, rightly or wrongly. That set the tone for the whole match. Even though it didn't count, they suddenly thought, bloody hell, like, we, we, we're going to win. And they destroyed us. They, they could have won f- it was three nil was a uh, flattered us actually. Um, the Leicester game we offered absolutely nothing. They hit us on a sucker. Well, the Leicester played against us like we played against Man United. Soaked it up, not a lot of pressure really, and scored scored on the break or whatever. Um, and 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 Wolves again two one. It could have been way worse than that. It could be they should have been outside the first half. Wolves to be honest. So I think there is a degree where when we are. When we are feel pressure to try and force the game, like when we're at home against a lesser team or away against a lesser team, we fall down because we don't have the creativity in field to make chances for a Bamiyan and Lacazette if he plays or Nketiah or whoever else plays up front. We, we do not have someone capable of going past people. We don't have a Brady. We don't have a Robert Perez. We don't have a Burkamp. We do not have anyone anywhere close to the ability that those players had. And until we sign one or maybe even two, I don't see how we can be any better than mid-table. And I know that's depressing and pessimistic, but I think it's realistic. Do you agree with that, Josh? Or do you, I, I, I'm not sure. I see. I think actually, I think our squad. Is, I don't think our squad is that bad. I think our squad is materially better than it was last season. I mean, it's it's really annoying that party is injured at the moment. Apparently, he's going to be out for you know another three or four weeks, maybe, which is which is an absolute disaster. But but you know, Gabriel is a good signing, wasn't he? You know, he, he's done really well this season. Possibly, possibly our, our player of the season so far. Mostly played well last yesterday. Um, Tierney, uh, you know, a very good player. I mean, he has moment, defensive moments, defensive lapses, but you know, Saka's come through 
brilliantly. Um, and of course, Aubameyang, world class, but having a bad time. But what I'm saying is, I don't think our squad is that bad. And I actually think that's partly why I asked the I asked the Pochettino question, because I think I, I'm now I, I'm now thinking the lack of experience of Arteta is 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 telling, isn't it? For me, it's like if you know if it. An experienced manager, I don't think necessarily would have changed things the way that he's done. I think, I think psychologically, when you change things around, and you and you and, and you got you have to play players like Xhaka and Ceballos as a midfield pivot in a system that doesn't suit them at all. It's already sending out bad messages to other players within that system. And I think that's why I. So I do think he has to bear the brunt of the criticism, Josh. If you see what I mean, do you know what I mean? It's his inexperience. It's in, because it's quite no other, you know, no other big team would give a manager with, who has not managed one senior proper game. It's very rare to give to give that, isn't it? it almost unheard of. I think the point was made last week, probably by Alan. And is that maybe is that more important than we thought it was initially? No, we'll find out if if it is or isn't. I still think we are. Not at the point yet where we where we have to call for his head. I think Trevor alluded to it. The next month is huge. We have nine games in December, and and either we have you know not not put any results together. We have crashed out of the 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 Carabao Cup. Um, you know, been unable to to put any real victories together. I think we what have we got? We got Tottenham away, Burnley, and Southampton at home. We go to Everton, then got Chelsea and away at Brighton. We're going to have to get some results somewhere, or the pressure is is massively on, and people are going to point to a um, a lack of experience. You talk about are the players good enough? Is it Arteta? You, Trevor mentioned Robert Perez, Freddie Lumberg. Unfortunately, our bar has been slightly lowered every year for the last fifteen years of what makes yeah. a top quality Arsenal player. And unfortunately, yeah. now we're like. We're at Willian and Saka, who, who, I, who I like and are, are great and solid Premier League players, but probably mid-table Premier League players. And our bar has been just gradually and gradually lowered. And, you know, it, it's got it, to gotta go back up before I think Arsenal, you know, get, uh, get too much better. That said, we shouldn't be lying 14th in the Premier League. We should be top eight. Um, well, 14th is where we deserve to be on the performances that we've shown on so far. On the performances, yeah, of course. But, so, but our players are better, Boyd. Our players, yeah, are, our players are, are better, better than I think point. what we've seen. But look, okay, you've just got to bear my, just rewind four months. Uh, Torreira was around, Guendouzi was around, Oza was around, some of them were all there. And now what have we got? We've got a completely new midfield and Thomas Partey, who I think only missed like three games the whole season last year for, you know, Atletico, is suddenly going to miss more than that, having been Arsenal for five minutes. Like, you know, there's a bit of miss. It's just what happens. It's just, it's just mind-boggling what goes on at our club. Um, I don't know. I think it's too early. Like, I, I still can't get past... What did I see against City and Chelsea in the FA Cup last year and against Man United? I can't completely remove that no, from course, the fact that we've been like outplayed by Villa, outplayed by That's Wolves. That's why it's so weird, though, isn't it? That's why it's so it's weird. weird. I, but, but this is why I keep... The more I think about it, and I'm not calling for Arteta to go now, by the way. I'm just making that clear. But the more I think about him, the more I'm thinking... Like, for example, right, he established this... He established a, 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 um, a discipline, didn't he? He was very disciplinarian about Gwendouzi and of course, Ozil. And yet, 
He's allowed William to do what the fuck he wants. Like, yeah. play badly since that first game. If this had been Ozil performing like this, like William, mm. you know, in a similar mm. position in some ways, um, you wouldn't have heard the end of it. And everyone would have been, you know, people like me, I would have been like, oh, typical Ozil. Well, he's, he's, he's diabolical, and yet he's been picked every game pretty much. He's not – why isn't he being under – I think if you establish a disciplinarian very if – you, if you get rid of players ruthlessly – and drop them ruthlessly for disciplinary reasons, and for not trying enough, and for not giving enough. If you then allow a player like him, who you want to sign for some fucking mis, <laughs> then I think you lose the respect of the rest of the team. That is a real problem for me. You, if you're going to be like, if you're going to do what he did with Özil and Guendouzi, you've got to be consistent. And I don't. Well, think I, know, I know Josh wants to come in, but just very briefly on 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 that on William, like. He was allowed to go to was it the UAE somewhere yeah. for what was known what he said was important business. So, well, I'm sorry, for fuck's sake, the important business is winning games for Arsenal. That's what we pay you to that's do. That's what I'm talking about, Trevor. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. And and at the same time, can I just say, like, you, I mean, is it only me? Why why do we not why do we not like put in a, say a fifty million pound bid for Jack Grealish in the summer? Because oh, if we had have done I think he would, we would have signed him. That's There's the no kind of examples we like need. that. I agree with you. Diogo Jota, right? You know, that was signing by Liverpool for less money, I believe, for about the same amount of money probably yeah. as we paid for Saliba, for fuck's sake, for sake yeah. as Josh pointed out. I mean, it's our, our recruitment is consistently terrible and inconsistent. I still think, though, I still think, Josh, one, one more thing, that a really experienced manager, and I, and I really hoped Arteta would would be, you know, we could we could let, give him time, and I still hope we can. I still hope we can. And and of course, the club has invested a huge amount in him, literally, and in terms of giving him the title of manager, all of that. That's a big that's a big backing they've given for him. So I think they'll be really reluctant, even with the if, even if Trevor's scenario of losing to Burnley and Spurs comes true. But the reason why I think they'd have they really should get rid of him after that if that happens if that scenario comes comes around it's because I think it will show we 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 haven't got enough time for that I don't think I don't think the fans will stand for mid-table mediocrity um, two seasons in a row no chance of qualifying for Europe apart from the Europa League I don't think fans will stand for that in this in this day and age of Arsenal and but and I also think a more experienced manager like a Pochettino I keep banging on about it but I think it'd be hilarious by the way because Spurs fans would be so gutted because they love him so much still even though Spurs are top of the league I think he could do more with Saka or Bamiyang you know um Ceballos Gabriel, these players, Tierney, I think he could sn snap them into some kind of shape the way that fucking Alteta did to, to begin with. Josh. Look, what, what I'd say, you're asking why did Willian like play, for example, yesterday? Well, look at the bench. If he has decided Aubameyang is my striker, well, then the alternatives are Reese Nelson. That was the alternative yesterday who eventually came on for him. And I'm not... Uh, Reese Nelson, uh, you know... Okay, maybe, maybe a squad player. I'm not sure has has done it regularly enough to to warrant too many Premier League minutes. Uh, certainly, the the quality of a set piece is diminished hugely once uh, once William went off. And look, still William's on the pitch because he did what he did for the goal. He's still capable of putting in a, a good ball. Um, and I just think you have to look at what else was there. If Pepe had been fit, maybe, you know, or, or sorry, not fit, not suspended, yeah. then uh, then maybe he'd have got an opportunity. But 
there ain't there ain't loads of options here. He could have gone Aubameyang and gone with Lacazette or even you know Eddie Nketiah. But if he's going with Aubameyang, which he's obviously made a point of doing, boy, there ain't loads of options. I don't know what you where you want William to go. Well, I want William to not somewhere be, else. Yeah, somewhere else, anywhere else but here. I'd much rather see. I know Reese Nelson is is you know Reese Nelson was is good in the Europa. I think you know I, I think he's lucky. He's surrounded by senior players who are not pulling their way and not playing well enough. That's the weird. That must be the weird thing for him. I'd still rather see him given a go. I'd rather see Nketiah, as you say. These are there are I know not great options, but better for me than um, William. And I know he made the goal with that cross, great. But the rest of the time he's absolute dross, and um, and not and not and not working hard enough on any level. So I don't want to see him anywhere near. Xhaka again, another one. Jack the Xhaka conundrum for me. It's like he's just got worse and worse and worse, isn't it? I think it was working. So again, he'd got them working at the end of last season, him and Sabios in that three, the back system, but in this system, I mean, the two of them were just, I mean, I feel like he's dragging Sabios down to his level, Shaka, but the sideways passing, the backwards passing, there were moments yesterday in the game against Wolves, Trevor, where there was an attack kind of brewing slowly in our our incredibly slow pace that we had. And, uh, and, yeah, and Shaka I mean, would dive in and, and and kick the ball back to the defender. It, it like, was it, it it was incredibly easy, wasn't it? Yesterday, if you were a Wolves defender, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, they never had, had an easier time. <laughs> it, it it was it was embarrassingly uh, kind of like a there were a, there's a little there's a little bit in the second half where we kind of semi threat and we had a lot more possession. But what you were saying, Josh, about about William and like who would you have put on instead? To me, that just tells you that the depth in the squad isn't isn't deep enough. It's not, and every virtually every game that William plays, he's subbed. Virtually every game after an hour or or something like that. I don't know if he's. It, it looks like he's like. I don't know if he's unfit. I don't think he trains, but I don't know. But I suspect he doesn't train particularly hard. He's on. He's on easy street, isn't he? Chelsea wouldn't give him a three year deal. He gets a three year deal at Arsenal uh, on big money. Yeah, I'll turn up. I'll play for an hour. Whatever. I don't think he, he doesn't look like he cares. That's the criticism we all we all have of Mesut Özil. One of the criticisms. Almost, you think has Özil been been so pilloried, been so like hung out to dry that if you suddenly, I don't know how you go about re- putting him into the twenty-five man squad, but if you could and you and you played, do you think there'd be some kind of thing where he'd want to make a point, at least try, at least. You know, show some because we know he's got talent. He's never, no one's ever said he hasn't got talent, but unfortunately, he hasn't had the application. Maybe, maybe now he might have some, some, it might, it must be worth a chance, worth a go. Well, if there is a new manager, then you can envisage a situation where Ozil comes back into the fold. It would be the biggest climb down. Of, of all time almost wouldn't it from you know Arteta if he, he uh, if we brought him back yeah, into the yeah he can't do fold. it I just can't he won't see it. it it would be like reliving yeah. the um, reliving the Unai Emery era as well yeah, it like, would be like we're copying the exact scenario because that's what Emery did didn't he? he had to in the end kind of get 
Ozil back and it was constant kind of uh, firefighting and kind of, it, it was just painful. So I don't think it's ever going to happen with, with Arteta in charge. The other thing that annoyed me, so I, I know it feels like I'm now, I, I haven't, by the way, I haven't completely gone to the dark side against Arteta, but again, what annoyed me yesterday, I have to say it, is the substitution. How long did it take him to bring on Lacazette? Another strike? Yeah. It was about 80 something yeah. minutes. I mean, yeah. we're too, we're, we, we need to, we need, you know, we're not even drawing that game. We're losing a game that I was mystified. I was like, what the fuck is he playing? Me too. And we haven't Me even, too. the only reason I haven't banged on about the Louise situation of, of not substituting him as soon as that horrendous clash happened. And of course, all our thoughts are with Jimenez. And again, the only reason I'm not going on about how awful that was is because it's been covered. Everyone's been saying it. It's absolutely true. Everything that was said on match of the day two about, you know, asked, uh, fuck knows what we were playing at with Louise. The, the nadir of the game was when he took that free kick. I mean, what the fuck? You know, blood seeping out of his bandage. But, so, I, you know, I he'd love, already I, shown himself to not be concentrating on defence, allowing him to take that free kick when Aubameyang should be taking our free kicks. I'm sorry. He's perfectly capable of scoring brilliant goals and that's the kind of situation. And for Louis, and so not substituting him was moronic. Not, not bringing on Lacazette earlier was mystifying. These decisions are the managers and the managers only. And you have to worry about it, Trevor. But at least... And I agree, we should have substituted him for a lot of reasons. However, the fact that he wanted to stay on, I give him some credit for that. But all players want to stay on, won- don't they? Well, do, well, I don't think William does particularly. He rushes off when he's Yeah, He rushes off, yeah. No, seriously, I, 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 do, I, do, I do think, you know, he. we can make a lot of criticisms of David Luiz in a lot of ways, but, I, I, you know, to me, he's... He tries, and I do think that he has some kind of pride in the shirt. I do think that. I don't think that with William. I think there's a a difference there. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not having a go at Louise at all. I think it's great that he wanted to stay on. I think it's the senior management and the team for allowing him. It's just idiotic in in, in the day. You know, everyone talks about the protocols, but what are the protocols are basically if the player says he's all right, he's all right, and we allow him to play on. It's absolutely a ludicrous situation. Josh, okay, then let's try and be positive, shall we? Let's, do you think, we've been saying, you know, do you think, I mean, I wouldn't be entirely stunned if we somehow got a result at Spurs, right? You think, you know, historically often when us are in this kind of situation, when we're in a spiral downwards, we often pull, particularly, and of course, our best performances under Arteta really have been against the big teams often anyway, you know, it's even sometimes we haven't managed to win those games necessarily, but at least we put in quite a big performance. We're capable of putting in a focused press you know, and playing on the break and putting some moves together, I think, you know, giving Aubameyang a chance. So I wouldn't be surprised if if, if, it, if it came good against Spurs, but equally I'm terrified they're going to destroy us. But do you think, at the moment, are you thinking, are you wavering towards he is going to sort it out quite soon or that we're going to get mired in a, in a, in a downward spiral? That's a mixture of metaphors. Um, I, I think he can uh, certainly improve upon what's been going on of late, but I, I don't think it begins... At the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next Sunday, I, you know, you talk about, you know, going to Spurs, but we go to Spurs who are in, you know, top top of the league and, you know, in, in good form and, you know, seem to have uh, been in a in a good period, whereas we are in a mess in the league. And, you know, even when we went to them in the league last year, we were, you know, feeling a bit more positive. It was around the time where, you know, we had the cup final coming up. I, uh, you know, and, and we found a way to lose. 
I, I, I'd be grabbing a point right now. Absolutely grabbing a point and then hoping oh. the Burnley and Southampton games are rest A point would be, uh, it's amazing. No, I'm, a point is, I'm, I'm, I'm completely. Well, I, I see your point that, you know, we can go, I don't know, does he, what do we do? Aubameyang, does he just decide and concedes defeat and goes on the wing? Does he go back to three centre-backs and just yeah, go, it does. it's been a dreadful month? I, I just think it's going to have to be a kind of change and... Uh, yeah, look, let's hope we put in something like, you know, we put in maybe the pressure's off. You could argue a little bit from these, these terrible home defeats, but there's no fans there anyway. And the players know that the pressure's going to be mounting on, on the whole club and the manager. So, yeah, I think three at the, you know, five at the back, you know, three centre backs and uh, let hope for a solid performance and a, a goal on the break. Trevor, what would you what, what would you go tactically or team selection against Spurs? Would you do that, or would you stick with what he roughly what he did in the four three three? I think the only the only chance of getting a result against Spurs is, is to go at them. I, I honestly, because I think that their Achilles heel is defensively up front. They're ridiculous. Son and Kane and a very decent midfield. I mean, he's got Bale's not even a regular starter. I mean, we'd kill for someone like Gareth Bale in midfield. So to answer your question, I would play. I'd probably go three at the back. I would play Danny Lacazette with a Bamiyang and and just try and attack him. Just just try and go at them. And if we end up get if we end up losing, we end up losing. But at least you lose with a bit of respect rather than because if we try and just sit and sit and sit, I don't see it. The Spurs are a better team than Manchester United. They're much yeah. better up front and they've yeah. got more creative midfielders. So the only way we can get a result, in my view, is to actually have a have a go, have a go at them. We don't seem capable of doing that against anyone at the moment, do we? Like having a go. We're the only team. I can't think of another team as reluctant as we are to run at players with the ball. It's like it's extraordinary how how little we, we try, do that. We tried to do it against Liverpool early in the season, didn't we? And, yeah. and, and, and OK, we lost the game, but we lost it with a bit of respect. You yeah, didn't yeah, come away from the game thinking we were terrible. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. OK, well, I mean, maybe it's time to... Uh, to actually have our predictions, Josh, considering it's now seven minutes to eight o'clock. Um, we've been banging on. I mean, and boy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, while we've been on air, we should just mention Arsenal being drawn at home to Newcastle in the oh. FA Cup. Okay. Around. That's a good, that's a good game. We'll take that. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, as FA Cup holders, we probably should be showing uh, some interest in the, uh, in the competition. Well, and I we're going to say that, Josh, because if we've been drawn at home to Chorley, I would have been a bit concerned. We might get turned over. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, yeah. the other thing is that Marine, the uh, eighth tier side, have been drawn at home to Spurs. So Spurs oh, go to Marine. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's very. So good. Jose, Jose's off to to Marine. Look, um, you know, just looking ahead to to the games this week, I I don't know. I, you presume a very youthful team will take on Rapid Vienna. Uh, we should mention, obviously, it was great to see Balogun. Get his first yeah, goal for the a brilliant moment. Mm. Yeah. You know, two touches and a and a goal. It was amazing. So I'm assuming that it will be, uh, you know, some more game time for him now that we've qualified. Pepe possibly because Pepe maybe wants a bit of con- continuity while he's yeah. suspended from uh, the Premier League games. Yeah. So I think we can, we can beat Rapid Vienna, um, and then I do think we'll lose two one to Spurs next weekend. Yeah. Um... Trevor? 4-1 Spurs. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't enjoy saying it, but I, no, I just I mean, think we're going to yeah. get... It's possible, yeah. 
Harry Kane and Son attacking our defence. Can you? I mean, just thinking about it now, it's frightening. And Bale comes off the bench when we're two 0 down after an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Arteta, Arteta, Arteta brings on Reese Nelson with ten minutes to go. Oh God, yeah, you're right. El, El Neni comes on with twenty minutes left to try and yeah. stop a total. I mean, we missed El Neni yesterday, by the way. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, the other thing. Maybe uh, big time. Okay, and and uh, uh, in the Europa League. Uh, it, I mean, at least we have the luxury of knowing it doesn't matter. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to go one all. One all. Um, I think Europa League will win two one. Um, and against Spurs, oh God, oh Christ, it's so depressing, isn't it? I, I, don't, I think I'm going to say draw. I'm going to, I'm going to say one all. Yeah, clinging. I'm going to cling to that desperately. That, I don't that, that is the definition of an optimist. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm just, I'm almost just saying it for the sake of it at this stage. The, the best moment of the whole game, by the way, what was the best moment of the whole game? Could we, I think we can all agree, surely, um, was when. Um, uh, Rob Holding did the brick shit house uh, yelling at the at a player that he took down. Traore, yeah. Traore, who is by yeah. the way built like a brick shit house. Um, Traore against us, like his end product, much better than he is against every other team he plays against. By the way, uh, but Rob Holding, I thought that was a brilliant moment from from him. Um, the only kind of moment of light relief in a in a truly dire awful match. Well, Trevor, it's been a joy to have you back. Thank you very much. Thank sorry, you. it's been sorry. It's been such a uh, depressing thing to discuss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Josh, um, looking good in your wood panelled office, doing your best Mo Salah impression. Um, uh, do you, you have any much. Egyptian heritage at all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of. Uh, no, no Egyptian heritage whatsoever. <laughs> Semitic though. We're all we're all Semitic. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you very much. We'll be back. Uh, please, God, let's hope we've got something positive to talk about next week. <laughs> pray, pray to the Lord above. Thank you very much. Bye. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.